Mark 16, we've been on this for a few weeks now. Mark 16, he said in verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and do what? Go and preach. Hallelujah. That's my life. I'm going (laughs) and preaching. And you know, you, you need to either be doing that yourself or you need to be helping somebody do it because that is the great commission and uh, he said he that believes and is baptized will be saved he that believes not will be damned and these signs shall follow who which ones the believing ones not just anybody not just everybody signs don't follow everybody signs follow those that believe he mentioned Casting out demons. He mentioned laying hands on the sick. And them recovering. And other types of provisional. And protective miracles. And the Bible said. Verse 19. So they. uh, After the Lord had spoken to them. He was received up into heaven. And sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth. And preached everywhere. They did what he told them to do. And the Lord. Working with. And confirming the word with signs following. Thank you, Lord. Signs. He told them what to do. He told them what would happen if they did it and believed. And they went and did it, and it happened. Can you see? Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. And these signs will follow. So then he was taken up. And they went and did it. They went out everywhere they could and preached the word. And he showed up and confirmed the word with those signs. People were healed. People were delivered. Amazing provision. Amazing protection. Now the thing we've talked about, the title of this uh, teaching has been Miracles Now. And so we've gone through the book of Acts and covered uh, most of the outstanding uh, miraculous happenings that are recorded there. And I, I know that you don't have to be in this world much to know that most people, including a whole lot of church-going people, don't really believe in the miraculous. They don't. And that's a big, big problem. And sometimes people, they, they think, well, you know, I have to have scientific evidence. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I have to, you know, I'm, I'm an educated person and I'm a thinking person. And, and if I can't see it and I can't perceive it and I can't understand it, then I'm not going to accept it. Well, that is not innocent. And that is not okay. That is haughtiness. It is willful ignorance It is rebellion. It is an unpersuadable unbelief. And in the eyes of the Lord, that's bad stuff. And people sometimes say, well, I just just can't believe that. Virgin birth, raised from the dead, I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that. That's incorrect. You choose not to believe it. You could believe it if you would choose to, but you choose not to. And is it serious when people choose not to believe? 
How serious is it? Read the text. Verse 16, what did it say? He that believes, he and her that chooses to believe and follow acts on their belief and, and identifies with the Lord, and baptism and service, they'll be saved. What about the people that say they can't believe? Say they can't believe. They won't be saved. Is this serious? Very. It's of eternal consequence. So I want us to go further into this this evening. Let's talk. I want to review some. And are you believing with me for utterance? Now, have you read the Bible any at all? (laughs) The, The prophets of old in the Old Testament and the Uh, deliverers and and saviors did they experience miraculous things did they amazing things to this day we can't explain and people say you're trying to tell me that a man spoke and the movement of the planets changed for a period of time the sun stood still people scoff and go that's ridiculous do you know what would happen if the sun stopped or this stopped or that stopped? These are people who are will, willfully, rebelliously ignorant. They're acting like they know a lot more than they do. Before you could explain what would happen, you would need to understand how it got there and how it got started. I was reading a while back, and it said, talking about origins and, and of, um, I was trying to say creation, but they weren't using that word creation. They were talking about um, the existence of the planets and all those kind of things. And they're, after all of their talk, they were saying, there is no consensus on the actual origins of the planets and the universe. <laughs> there are theories. Of course, we found out some time back what a theory is. <laughs> it's a supposition based upon ignorance of the topic under discussion. That's Brother Hagin's definition. But that's, if it wasn't a supposition, if it wasn't a guess, it wouldn't be a theory. So, When people get adamant and they go, I can't accept that. That's ridiculous. Um, They are being proud and rebellious. Because a humble person would admit, there's a lot I don't know. And there's a lot you don't know. And before I can adamantly say, that can't be, that couldn't happen, how would I know? And the greatest so-called minds and scientists on the planet. How would they know? Where did they find out? You know, have you read Job? (laughs) Job was and is a fine man. Outstanding man. I mean, he was a, you talk about a pillar in his community. A man who stood up for what was right no matter what anybody did. 
and just was a light and a beacon in his old part of the, the world. Yet, during his severe trials, he said some stuff he shouldn't have said. And he, <laughs> he said some stuff to God and about God that was not good. Uh, he judged God. And if you read towards the end of the book, God showed up <laughs> and, and spoke to him out of a whirlwind. One of the things Job had said is, I wish God had talked to me. I wish he would give me an audience. I'd plead my case and, and I'd say this and I'd do this. And I don't think in a million years he thought God would actually show up and say, here I am. Who wants to talk to me? <laughs> and when it came down to it, Job said, uh, uh, I opened my mouth once and then I did it again. But I'm going to put my hand right here right now. And I'm going to say I said stuff I had no idea about in the presence of such glory and, and knowledge and wisdom and such ancient experience, immediately he knew it was time for him to shut up. <laughs> and people get so mouthy down here on the earth, surrounded by their folks that are just as dumb as they are. <laughs> and they theorize and they postulate and philosophize and all them eyes and isms and but uh, the truth is in the beginning God said and it was do you fully understand that no but I can believe it I can believe it people say well, I can't believe that yes you can it's by the very nature of what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. It's, it's, if you could see it and you know, understood all of it, it wouldn't be a, a time for faith. In Hebrews 11, let's just put this up on the screen. Hebrews 11:3. through faith we understand that the worlds, uh, that's the planets, the solar systems, they were framed by the Word of God. Is there anything more powerful than the Word of God? By the Word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The uh, Young's Literal, author of the Young's Concordance and, and Dictionaries, his translation reads like so. Uh, in the bottom part it says, in regard to the things seen, not having come out of things appearing. Everything you see came from a place you can't see. And is made out of stuff you can't see. People say, well, God made it out of nothing. The Bible didn't say that. Oftentimes people say that and there's no scripture for that. No, he made it out of things. Not nothing. Things that you can't see. 
but things that are nonetheless real. Obviously, those things were here before the things you see. And yet you got millions of people so adamant that if I can't see it, if I can't feel it, if I can't perceive it with my senses, I'm not going to believe in it. I'm not going to accept it. They don't accept miracles. They don't accept the gospel because the gospel is about miracles. Virgin birth, a ministry full of miracles, sick healed, dead raised, walking on the water, raised from the dead, ascended upon high to glory. If you don't believe in miracles, you don't believe the gospel. You have to believe in a realm of things unseen to be a Christian, to be a believer. Would you say I'm a believer? I believe in that which is not seen. Now, there's always been folks in the earth that refuse to believe if they can't see it. If they can't hear it, if they can't smell it, if they can't touch it, if they can't perceive it, they are like the followers of Sadoc. Sadoc may be the better pronunciation. Who's that? Sadoc was the uh, originator of the Sadducees. Sadducees are followers of Sadoc, a guy that had an idea. The false religions of the world are the result of somebody had an idea. And some of it's mushroomed to where it's taking millions into destruction. Let me read something to you concerning these Sadducees. In the book of Acts, I believe it is, 23 and 8. Acts 23 and 8, the Sadducees say, there is no resurrection, neither angel, nor spirit. They totally denied, and they were, I guess, a thriving religious group in Jesus' day. Kind of makes you wonder, why? Why do they go to synagogue? Why are they religious? No spirit, no angel, no resurrection. Why go to church? The, what's the word? The, the pinnacle the, um, of the gospel message is that Jesus was raised from the dead. <laughs> was he really dead? Yes, for days. Was he really physically raised from the dead? Yes. yes. Hundreds of people saw him. Some of them ate with him. After he was raised from the dead. Talked with him. Touched him. Saw him. Ate with him. I think that's one of the reasons why he asked them on one occasion. Because they thought they're seeing a spirit. They thought we're seeing, so we're seeing an apparition here. And he said, you got anything to eat? They said, well, yeah, we got a little of this. He said, give me some. And he ate it right there in front of them. You know, you get to eat in heaven. You get to eat later on. 
Well, that was worth a lot of folk just coming out tonight just, just to find that out. The glory to God. Eating is in my future. <laughs> and if there's some good stuff down here to eat, what must there be? Somebody said that that's why the Sadducees were sad. <laughs> it's because they didn't believe in any of this. And if you believe this is all there was, and this is a. No. Uh, for people that don't believe, this is as good as it will ever be. And then they believe when you die, that's just, screen goes blank. That's it. You're done. Nothingness. But for us, this is as bad as it gets. And by the grace of God, we're being victorious. We're making it. And after this, it's just joy unspeakable and full of glory. It just, this is as bad as it'll ever be for believers. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Sadducees, they did not believe that there was an angel or a demon or that a person could be resurrected, that there was any life after somebody died. And there's millions on the planet believe some form of that right now. If they can't see it, if they can't touch it, if they can't... um, Prove it into their scientific satisfaction. It doesn't exist. And that's just being ignorant. It doesn't exist. Well these same people then. Would not have accepted the round earth theory. Several years ago. They would have scoffed and mocked. At the prospect of space travel. The only reason they accept that is because it's been done. Are you with me, friends? We touched on this when we we studied in the book of Acts how that the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost like a rushing mighty wind. And we touched on wind a little bit. Let's go to John, the third chapter, and remind ourselves of what Jesus said. Because more than once in the book of Acts, we see the Spirit of God moving through places, houses, groups, shaking them, moving them. This was not just a natural phenomenon. Not just a natural earthquake or not just a natural wind. You know, that's some earthquake when the doors open and your handcuffs fall off. But no, the building is not damaged. Nobody gets hurt. That's, that's not an earthquake. That's something else. And when the doors and windows are not necessarily even open, and it's blowing like you're outside in a typhoon, and fire is flickering, but there's nothing burning. And it comes and gets on you. And you get happy. <laughs> you get, you just get filled up and, and act like people do when they're drunk. Only without all the negative stuff. Is this available to us today? Do we acknowledge that the prophets and the 
men and women of God in the Old Testament, that Jesus as he walked the earth, that, that Peter and John, the apostles, that the people in the book of Acts, they were aware of another realm, yes. weren't they? Yes. They were aware of a whole nother realm apart from this one. They were, spirits were real to them. Spiritual happenings were real to them. And when people start hearing about that, some folk, it scares them. They go, you're talking about ghosts? What, what are you talking about? See, it's been so twisted and warped in the world. And you'll notice things that are not of God, that are spiritual, they always bring fear. It's popular uh, nowadays to, uh, it's always been to some degree, but there's an emphasis on it, try to find paranormal uh, activity and uh, delve into this and delve into that. Friend, you don't want to just know about spiritual, you want to know about God. Not just spiritual, God. But God is spirit. The Holy Spirit, obviously... Spirit. Angels are spirits. And whether we've realized it or not, we are not just bodies and a mind. We are spirit. Created in the likeness and image of the Father of spirits. As such, we are eternal beings. We will exist. Without a body, when this brain is decayed and gone, you will still exist somewhere. And you'll still be you. And you'll still have your mind. Because a brain is not a mind. A brain is merely the physical organ that the mind expresses itself in this realm through. If your brain is removed, you'd still have your mind. You just couldn't express it. In this realm. Are you holding a verse? Where? John 3. That's right. (laughs) John 3. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And verse 2. He said, Rabbi, talking to Jesus, we know that you are a teacher come from God. (laughs) He's using that we pretty loosely because the rest of the bunch he's been with, they would, there's a reason why he's there at dark. But he's convinced. We know you're a teacher come from God. No man can do these what? Miracles that you do except God be with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus started talking to him about miracles. Is Jesus talking to him about a miracle right now? Yes, he is. The miracle of being born again. The miracle of the recreation, the new birth. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man... Be born when he's old. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now this is typical of most of the planet. Nicodemus is carnal. 
He's a good man. He knows some scripture. He loves God and is walking in the light that he has. He's beyond most of his contemporaries because he's there talking to Jesus tonight. Most of them wouldn't have been seen at his house. And yet, when Jesus tells him something as significant as this, he only thinks flesh and blood. He only thinks natural. Can you see this? Because he's, you know, like most people, pretty much all he's been aware of his whole life is what his physical senses communicate to him. So when the Lord tells him about being born again, he thinks about his first physical birth. And how could that be? You can't be born again physically after you're an adult. Verse 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. When an infant is born physically, they are surrounded by fluid and water, and they're born out of that realm and dimension. And they tell us most of our flesh is water. But Jesus is talking about being born of another element. Not water. Not flesh. Not physical. But what? Spirit. Spirit. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse 7. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Verse 8. The wind blows where it lists, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell whence it comes, where it comes from, and where it goes to. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There is a bunch of light and revelation right here about spiritual reality. We should camp here a little bit tonight. Are you willing to? Jesus gives us insight into the spirit realm right here. He said it is like the wind. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, how did he come? They heard a sound. Like a rushing, mighty wind. Let's look at that verse again, verse uh, 8. The wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound thereof. We could also go on to say, and you see the effects of it. You can see the leaves move. You can see dust roll across the parking lot. You can see the flags stand out. Somebody say, well, I'm, I'm seeing the wind. Are you? You're seeing the effects. Now, people might say, well, it's just it's air in motion. What's pushing the air? The word for spirit is the word pneuma. And the literal rendering of it, whether you're talking about Spirit of God, human spirit, um, angelic spirit, demon spirit, or God the Father. The literal is breath. 
breath. Or like this, wind. Blow on your hand. You know why you can do that? Because you're alive. Do it again. What did you feel? Huh? You felt air. What pushed that out? What what moved the air? Somebody might say, well, pressure. What moved the pressure? Spirit. Spiritual reality is that close. People try to imagine it's so far-fetched and so, you know, we're going to... Fast and we're going to pray and we're going to break into the spirit. You are a spirit. (laughs) You breathe in. The reason you could draw a breath in is because you're a spirit. You breathe out. The reason you could push that breath out. Yeah, but Brother Keith, it's the lungs and it's it's the diaphragm and it's this. Okay, okay. But where does the force come from? Well, it comes from the centers of the brain. Where does it come from to get to there? It's involuntary muscle contraction. Okay. Where does it come from to get to there? Well, it's the mystery of life. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And the Bible said it's spirit. You are a spirit. God made man out of the dust of the earth. And then you know what he did? This is not just a breath like you and I. As far as I know, God doesn't inhale and exhale like us. He, he's not, Jesus has a flesh and bone body, but the Father, no. But Spirit came out of him and into the man, and the man became a living being. Glory to God. When you die, that's one of the main things they check. Are they still breathing? (laughs) Huh? Right? Why? Because when the breath is gone, the spirit is gone. Because the Spirit's connected to the breath. Jesus said, Spirit is like the wind. It comes from here. You don't know where it came from. People say, yeah, we got, you know, we've, de- we've uh, developed in weather forecasting. and that. Now, let me tell you, you don't know where that wind came from. <laughs> Maybe the last hundred feet when it came around the corner. But before that, and, and before it was in Texas, and before that, No. No. I fly all the time. And they forecast these winds. And you get up there and you go, what happened? <laughs> Where are these winds from? They, we don't know. What's pushing them? People say, well, it's the Coriolis effect. It's the rotation of the earth. It's the heating of the earth's atmosphere. It's, it is spirit. What is behind this? 
What is behind the energy that creates the sun? What is behind all of this? Is spirit. And if you and I are going to be what we're supposed to be and have the life like we read about in the book of Acts, spirit must become as real to us as it was to them. And we must stop just living only immersed in the physical and only aware of the physical. This is why so many people are so bored. They're like, is this all there is? No! It's never been all there is. It just seems like there's more. You know why it seems like there's more? Because there's more. Deep calls unto deep. Hallelujah. The deep in you, the spirit, calls to the father of spirits who made you. You came out of him and you're going back to him. Come on, are you listening? Glory to God. We are speaking spirits operating in the earth in these physical bodies for just a few days. But we don't have to just be limited to the physical and to the natural. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad I'm not a Sadducee. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. By the Spirit of God, Paul said, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Keep going. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He wasn't relying on his power of intellect. To convince them. He wasn't relying. On his extensive research. And ability to reason. He was speaking. What he had on his heart. But he's believing the spirit of God. To open their eyes. And reveal it to them. And he did. And he moved inside them. And he moved in their midst. And he healed their bodies. And delivered them. They didn't believe just because he talked them into it. It wasn't just reasoning. It was in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Verse 5. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Everybody say, I have faith. faith. In the power of God. Say it again. I have faith. faith. In the power of God. Let's say it all together. I have faith in the power of God. Hallelujah. The very word miracle is from the word for power. Power. Uh, Mighty deeds and works is translated from the same word 
And it's just, what is a miracle? A miracle is a manifestation of God's power. That's what it is. It's power that makes possible. (laughs) Creative power. The same power that creates the planet, created the planet we live on. That created your body. Verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Verse 7. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Boy, they thought they had done it. I don't think they ever believed they could have pulled that off. And when Jesus was crucified, they thought they had done the ultimate victory and didn't realize they had sealed their eternal doom. God's smarter than all the devils put together times a billion. Isn't he? (laughs) And his wisdom in you is smarter and more brilliant than any of the Uh, traps that the devil has set for you in this life and if we'll walk with him he'll protect us and he'll warn us and he'll help us to recognize them and avoid them verse 9 as it is written I has not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him glory to God Verse 10, but God has revealed it them unto us by what? Logic, reasoning, scientific discovery. No, by what? By His Spirit. Glory to God. What's revealed to us? What eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Has not entered in. Man has not understood. Seen, heard, nor understood. Let let me back up just a little bit and talk about this. Uh, When that rushing mighty wind came into the upper room. When that house was shaken where they were praying together. What moved through that place that shook that whole building? What was that? Well the simple answer it was the spirit of God. But Jesus said the Spirit of God is like the wind. He moves like the wind and like sound. The wind, when the wind's blowing, you hear a sound. Let me remind you of some of the qualities of sound. Sound is pressure moving through the air. It's a traveling wave. Have you ever been a distance from something Uh, like fireworks? And maybe a long ways away, and you saw it, and then later you heard it. That's because that sound is a wave. It left there. Now, the speed of sound, uh, on a sea level and about 70 degrees, is about 760-something miles an hour. Pretty fast. But slow compared to light. But the amazing thing about sound, it can move through anything. 
Sound can go right through you. (laughs) It goes through whatever medium it comes to. Let me give you some interesting things here. It travels through all forms of matter, gases, liquids, solids, plasmas. We said, you know, sound moves through the air at about that 760 miles an hour. But uh, sound moves through uh, water, fresh water, at 3,000 miles an hour. Sound moves through steel at 13,000 miles an hour. It moves through it. Jesus said the Spirit of God is like that. He's like the wind. Now, people saying they don't believe in what they can't see and what they can't feel. We've already talked about this, but I want to bring it up again. That's a very prideful, foolish thing to say. If I can't see it, I don't believe it exists. If I can't hear it, have you ever heard of infrared? What's one outstanding thing about infrared? You can't see it. Ultraviolet. Have you heard of ultraviolet? In the 1800s, one particular scientist found out that he could find reactions to different colors of light. And as he was doing his test, he was off the spectrum where there was no light and he was getting a reaction. And he thought, there's a color here I can't see. He discovered something that for all those generations, people thought there was no color. There was no infrared. There was no ultraviolet. But it's been there all along. Wonder if there's anything else above that or below it that we hadn't seen yet. (laughs) But see, if you're going to say, well, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Then you're going to say infrared doesn't exist, ultraviolet doesn't exist. Well, no, we've got instruments. We can find it and we can... For all those centuries, nobody thought it existed. Ultrasound. Animals on the planet have been making sounds above what we can hear ever since there have been animals. Dogs. Hear stuff you don't hear. Dolphins. Have whole conversations. You never heard anything. Above our range of of hearing. Same thing, there's a whole range of sound below what we can hear. Elephants make sounds that are so low, we never hear them. Whales, we have already discovered that there's a whole range of stuff above what we hear and below what we hear. Are we going to say there's nothing else? Than what we have discovered. No you can see. There is spirit. And there is the natural. And it is not as cut. And separated as we have thought. You are a spirit. You're looking at me right now. Through those two windows we call eyes. If you didn't have a body wrapped around you. I couldn't see you. But you'd still be you. Angels are here right now. The Spirit of God is here right now. 
He's not imaginary. He's not make-believe. He's real. Do you believe this, friends? And let me finish reading. You're still in 1 Corinthians 2 there? God has revealed those things that eye has not seen and ear has not heard. Neither entered to the heart of man. He's revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might what? Know the things that are freely given to us of God. Among other things, He has blessed us already with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's not a figment. That's not imaginary. That's not just for the sweet by and by. It exists. It's ours. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Which things also we speak, not in words with man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. How can you hear some of those sounds? How did we discover there were sounds above us and below us? How did, they, how did we discover there were, there's light and colors at both ends of the spectrum that we, we, the Lord gave wisdom in the earth to develop uh, machines and develop instruments that could detect it? If you, you know, it's not about feeling a color. You see the color. It's not about Smelling the sound, you hear the sound. And if all you ever did was try to see sound, you'd come up short all the time and you might conclude, well, there's nothing to hear. But the problem is you're trying to hear with your eyes. Are y'all with me, friends? How do you discern Spirit, not with your eyes, not with your ears, not with your touch, not with your smell. These things are spiritually discerned, he said. Can you say amen? I know in my late teens... When I began to realize I had a call on my life, I didn't know what it was. I just knew God wanted me to do something, and I didn't know what it was. I was kind of shocked later on when I found out I was going to preach and teach. I'm so glad I did find out. But at the time, it was quite a revelation to me. and uh, I... I knew something, the Lord wanted to get something across to me, and I, in the middle of the night, I'd get up, and we lived in the country, I'd go out in the woods and pray and, and seek God, and, and um, I kept for months, and I guess years, if you put it all together, trying to see something, and hear something, and feel something. I'm wanting Him to write it in the sky, I'm wanting to hear voices, I'm wanting to, to feel it, 
And that's like trying to, to see sound and smell color. Are y'all with me? God is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. They're different. And he said, just hold your place here. Go to John 4. Instead of me quoting to you, I want you to read it. John 4. We were there in John 3. John 4 and 23. Jesus said, the hour comes and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father. How? How? Is spirit very different from flesh? And so a lot sometimes people talk about uh, they got in the spirit and they're talking about a lot of hollering and sweating. Hollering and sweating is flesh. <laughs> that went over real big, didn't it? <laughs> I'm saying some of what people call spirit is flesh. And don't be discouraged if we make a mistake in some of these things out of ignorance, but let's don't give up. And some people have done some goofy, flaky stuff and called it spiritual. And so many of the folks that were listening and watching them were so ignorant of spiritual things that they thought, okay, great. It's spiritual if you say so. But there is real. I said there is real. God is real. The moving of His Spirit is real. Do you believe it? And we don't have to try to drum up something or concoct something or work up something or imagine something. We can have the real move of the Spirit of God. Do you believe it or not? We can have, not just in church, in our houses, in our homes, in our bedrooms, in our cars. And we've already made more progress than you might think. Because the key connector is the mind. Let me keep reading this and then we'll, we'll talk more about that. He said the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Here's a, a key and insight into being spiritual. Jesus said I am the way, I am the truth. The Spirit of God's called the Spirit of Truth. The Word of God's called the Word of Truth. You can't be false, fake, or phony in any degree and be in the Spirit with God. Honesty, absolute honesty and genuineness helps you draw near to Him. Are you with me, friends? The Father seeketh such. Now, Here's the God who created the universe, everything in them. And this is something he's seeking after. Is you and I to not just let this whole humdrum flesh world hold us down. To actually reach out to him with our spirit in all sincerity and honesty. And love him and worship him. God who has everything is seeking that. He desires this fellowship with us. This is something you can give him. Now think about that. We're talking about the greatest giver of life and everything. 
How can I give something to him? There is something you can give him. You can give him real worship. He seeks it. He seeks it. He wants it. He desires it. Can you say glory to God? The Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must. That you won't be worshiping Him if you're just hollering and doing stuff in the flesh. He's spirit. But so are you. I want you to say it out loud. I am a spirit. I have a mind. I live in a body. But I am a spirit. That's what you are. You're not a mind. You have a mind. Your spirit enlightens your mind. You know, it'll help you to relax when you realize you're going to be around forever. <laughs> this life right here is the briefest thing we will ever do. This is earth faith training camp. It's the briefest thing. I know it. this is all we've ever known. And 70, 80, 90, 100 years seems like a long time. It's nothing. It is nothing. It is a vapor that's here and it's gone. But throughout the ages, how long is that? We don't have a clue. Throughout the ages, upon ages to come, the Bible said he is going to reveal and show to us the exceeding riches of his grace. And you'll be able to receive it. Glory to God. Go to Romans, please, the 8th chapter. I tell you, let's finish up in 1 Corinthians 2. Then we'll go to the Romans 8. So find Romans 8, but go, go back to 1 Corinthians 2. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why are we talking about these things? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. We need to be more aware of the realm of spirits. We need to be more aware of the Holy Spirit. He'll make us aware of what's going on spiritually. And that is the cause of what's happening in the natural. The source of life and blessing and death and cursing and, and destruction. Scripture says we, we don't just wrestle with flesh and blood. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. But they're mighty. They're mighty. And instead of doing some goofy, imaginary, playing church thing, we can actually be aware of spiritual realities and be prompted by the Spirit to do things that really change things spiritually. And then that in turn changes things in the natural. It's just a natural result. When something changes in the realm unseen, it changes in the realm seen. Romans 8, did you find? Well, no, 1 Corinthians 2 first, didn't I? Then, then 8. Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 2. 
The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. What we're talking about right now, what we've been talking about these weeks, is utter foolishness to millions of people on the planet. I think you are wasting your time. You're talking about well, angels and resurrection and, and healings and talking in languages you didn't learn and miracles. And they think this is, it's fiction. It's, you're talking about magic. You're talking about myth. No, no, it's reality. Do you believe it's reality, friend? Because if you don't, then you'll be locked in the flesh realm and have no awareness outside it. Come on, let me ask you again. Did Jesus walk in an awareness of spiritual reality? Did he? Not just him. Did his followers walk in awareness? Did Peter and James and John? Did they? They did. Did the the beginning days of the church, recorded in the book of Acts, all kind of people, did they experience spiritual happenings, movings of the spirit, things that you couldn't explain. How do you understand it? But it happened. It's real. It's spirit. And spirit affects natural. He said, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And we need to be discerning when we're talking to other people. Some people you can't talk to like you can talk to us. They will just mock you and ridicule you And that's not good for them. We need to discern who we're talking to. And what they understand. We were having a a meeting. One of Brother Kenneth Hagin's meetings. Another part of the country some years ago. And there was. I I think there were 70 of us ministers. Went after the service out to a, a, a big restaurant. Having a meal and fellowship. And man we were. We were pumped. We were excited. Some great things have been happening in the services, and we were so excited. And we came in, and uh, I guess everybody saw it. It would have been hard to miss. And uh, one lady uh, tugged on one of the guys with her, and he's a fiery evangelist. She, boy, she got one when she pulled on his pant leg. She said, uh, what is all this? He said, uh, we're having a Holy Ghost meeting. She looked at him in bewilderment and said, uh, do you wear a costume to that? <laughs> and she was serious. <laughs> Sometimes uh, church folks and saved people are talking to other people at a level they have no point of reference. And that's not good. That's not good. We... You don't need to try to talk to them from where you are after walking with the Lord for 30 years. Where are they? What do they need to hear? How, what can they receive? It's not even what they need, but what, what will they receive right now? And the Lord will, will, use, will direct you to use different words maybe than you would normally use. And stay away from certain words that you know they wouldn't understand and, and, and help you. Because it's not learning the lingo. It's getting acquainted with God. And the reality of him. He's not learning how to be religious. 
and learning the phrases and slogans to use. We don't want that. We want to know God. We want Him to be real. He, to us, He is real. We want to experience that reality. He's spirit. Did you find Romans 8? Well, I, I didn't finish. Excuse me. This, this part goes, go back to 1 Corinthians 2. This is big. I'm trying to fit it in a few minutes. It's, the Lord's helping us. Verse 14 again of 1 Corinthians 2.14. Let's not leave anything out here. The natural man what? He doesn't receive it. It's foolishness to him. He can't know it because he's trying to smell a color. He's trying to see a sound. He's trying to discern it with his eyes and his ears and his limited natural mind. And you can't. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges, actually that's the word for discern, discerns all things, but he himself is, and again that's the word for discern, of no man. You're discerning spiritual reality. You already are a spirit. All we got to do is wake up and pay attention to what's already going on. Let me say that again real slow. God is here. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. The Spirit of God is in us. Around us, he's in front of us, behind us, under us, over us. You're a spirit. That's what you are. Spiritual things are all around us. They're happening. All we got to do is wake up and pay attention to what's going on. And we'll become alive to a whole realm. (laughs) And we'll realize. That's the important one. We've been focusing on this. And when all you focus on is the natural, it's like watching the news. It's stuff that's already happened. (laughs) When you see stuff in the natural, that's the result of things that have already happened in the spirit. That's why I've said before, prayers get previews. You begin to be involved in things that are not just after it happens. You get involved in things that set things in motion that cause it to happen. That cause it to change. Thank you, Lord. He went on to say, For he that is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned of no man. For who has known the what? Mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have what? We have the mind of Christ. Say that out loud a couple of times. I have the mind of Christ. Now, for this whole uh, half of this chapter, you can see more than that, he's talking about spiritual, 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 and he winds up talking about the mind. We had said this earlier. It's the connector. Go to Romans 8, please. Romans 8. 
He said in verse uh, 4, Romans 8, 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Are there two places you can live? Yeah. Do you have flesh? Obviously. But you're not just flesh. You are spirit. Hmm? You are spirit. You live in this flesh body, this tabernacle. But you're not just a body and a mind. Come on, you've looked into people's eyes. You know there's something in there. (laughs) These eyes are like a... The camera lenses are designed after them. It's just a conduit for sight to go where? It's converted into chemical and electrical messages that go to regions of the brain. So how is it you're seeing? Because the spirit, the you on the inside, you're seeing with your spirit. And the neat thing is you can see without a physical eye. You can think without a brain. I know that sounds strange, but it's the truth. The Lord tarries is coming. You live out your days. Your body dies. You quit breathing. What does that mean? It means you come out of your body like pulling your hand out of a glove. Most people report when they leave their body, they saw it. Heard a guy the other day talking about he uh, he had a massive heart attack, died. His wife came in, found him on the floor, called the paramedics. They rushed in. He was dead, non-responsive, no blood pressure, no heartbeat for I don't know how long. Finally, they got it. They got him going again. And then he tells them he saw them drive up his driveway in the in the paramedics truck. And he told them how that their first, uh, what's those things that you shock them and bring them back with? Those paddles, whatever. Defibrillator. That the first one they got out of the truck, the battery was, was down on it and it wouldn't work. He told them about it. He saw it. They were in shock. They thought nobody said they didn't want anybody to see it. And they finally got something else and got him going. And he said, I saw that. He said, how'd you see it? We were out at the truck outside. He said, I saw it. Wow. He was above his body and he, his body's laying there on the floor. Uh-huh. Then he was above his house and he saw him in the yard. Uh-huh. What they were doing, what they were saying. And what they did to him. Stuff no way he could have known. Yeah. His body wasn't even out there. But he was. You are a spirit. You live in a body. Death is not the end. Death is a departure. Out of the body, out of the earth. The surface of the earth. It's like being at the airport. You got arrivals and departures. (laughs) People are arriving by the millions to the planet. It's called births. People are departing by the millions every day. It's departures. Doesn't mean they don't exist. 
It just relocated. But you don't have to die in order to be aware of spiritual activity. Was Jesus aware of spiritual activity? And Peter and John and the people in the book of Acts. Yes, we're part of the same church. We're same new birth, same gospel. In Romans 8, he said, verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, you could say they mind the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to be what? Carnally, naturally, just physically flesh-minded is what? Death. It is death. If all you think about is what you see in the physical and smell and touch and hear and experience here, it is mind-numbing, it is discouraging, it is death. And if you think, is this all there is? It's death. And that's where millions are. And the key is a mind. The mind. To be carnally minded. But read the rest of it. Read the rest of it. To be what? Spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Keep reading. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now people have made this carnal mind, spiritual mind out to mean all kind of stuff that has no reference Carnal mind is natural flesh stuff on your mind. Spiritual mind is spirit things. We read in Colossians, set your affection, set your mind on things above. What are you thinking about? Your aches, your pains, your bills, cutting your grass, washing your clothes. I know a lot of stuff needs to be done, but that's carnal. That's natural. And if that's all you ever think about, it ministers death to you. It depresses you. It discourages you. Because you're more than that. I said, because you're more than that. You're a child of God. You're made and you have such amazing, creative, and eternal potential. And whether you understand it in your mind or not, you know it inside. And people feel trapped in their mundane existence. But they just keep doing the same thing. And all they think about. And all we, had, all we got to do is set our mind on Him. Start talking to Him like He's actually there. And aware of Him. And know that these are not just other bodies around us. These are spirits. All around us. Angelic spirits are here. The Holy Spirit is moving. He's here. Aware of spiritual things. The moment, whatever you set your mind on, you open your spirit up to. And you connect your spirit to. I don't have time to get into that right now, but and for one thing, I don't know too much about it. But I know that part is true. Whatever you set your mind on, good or bad, you open your spirit up to.
You set your mind on something evil and wrong, wrong spirits can influence you and affect you, get in you. But you set your mind on God. You set your mind on the Master. You set your mind on the glorious, same Holy Ghost that come rushing in in the mighty wind and shaking the house and healing people and raising the dead. Is that spirit in you? Should you think about him once in a while? And more than that. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. We just read about it. The natural carnal man is foolishness to him. And he can't know the things of God. Because he's trying to uh, smell a color. It's spiritually discerned. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, he's not just talking about you got a body, because if that was true, nobody alive on the earth could please God. He's talking about in the flesh means that's all you think about. That's all you're aware of. That's all you're conscious of. It's what you perceive with your senses. And if you walk like that, you're not walking by faith. You're walking by sight. You're not discerning the things of God. You can't please him. But you're not in the flesh. Huh? Why? You've been born again. You're in the spirit. You're alive. In the spirit. And the spirit of God is dwelling in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. He hasn't been born again. But if, if Christ be in you, the body is dead. He's talking about right now. This body. You must say, well, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, your body's already dead spiritually. It's just a matter of time till it finds out. You're not getting younger. You're not going that way. Death has already struck our bodies. And even though we're, our heart's pumping, our physical eyes are open, our bodies are dead. But our, spiritually, they're not eternal. They're decaying. They're growing older. Death has already struck them. Only way we'd get out of it if the trumpet sounded. <laughs> Elsewise, we're going to die. But that doesn't have to scare us. Because hmm? we know what happens. We just step out of the body, go to be with Jesus. But our spirit is not dead. Our spirit has been born again. Our spirit is alive. That's the part of us that is a lie. And even though you might have been born again 50 years ago, you're not getting older. You're not wearing out. The inner man is renewed day by day. You are not aging at all in spirit. You should be just getting better and stronger. (laughs) And soon and very soon, we'll have a body that can keep up with our spirit. The body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. There's so much we could get into right there, but for time's sake, let's just stop right here. Talking about spiritual, 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 and in 1 Corinthians 2, what did he finish up by saying? Mind. Mind, if this mind's in you and you have the mind of Christ and we just got through seeing how, what's, what determines if you walk in the flesh, are you walking in the spirit, what do you mind? 
What do you mind? We got natural things we have to do. It's part of life. The Lord knows that we do. But do you know you can include Him in washing dishes, sweeping the floor, getting ready in the morning, dressing, going to work, on the job? Can you cause your mind to include Him and awareness of Him and His things and His spirit and His angels and other spirits that are around? Can you include that as an act of your will? And can you train yourself to not just be in the physical only, but be aware there's more going on here. There's so much more going on here. And if you are mindful of it, your spirit is connected. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the spiritual connector is affecting you by quickening you. Life is coming into your spirit and your soul and your emotions and your mind and your body. And no matter what's going around about you, you got peace that passes understanding, keeping your heart. And my why? There's something more going on inside you than flesh. It's spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands. Just close your eyes. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hands. Let's praise Him some. The, the Bible said He seeks us to worship Him in spirit and truth. With no falseness, no phoniness, right out of your heart. Tell Him that you love Him. Tell Him that He's everything to you. Tell Him that you believe in Him. Tell Him that you trust Him. Oh, Lord, I worship you. 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 Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries, and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.